The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. And welcome to a brand new episode of the Two Point Conversation. Football talk for fans by fans right here on the network at BICBP-radio.com. My name is Matt Johnson, one of your hosts and alongside with me for the film room, Mr. Brian Finch. What's going on, dude? How are you? I'm good, man. How's it going? Not too shabby. Not too shabby. Yeah. It's my no, last... let's, let's, let's be real, though. Let's be real. I haven't talked to you about the Colts ah, letting one slip. Okay. Yeah, it's whatever. I don't care in a anymore. Lo- in a lot of ways, I wish that I got um, some insider information and you like let me listen to Bills or a Colts fan in Bills land ahead of time. Like, Give me the pre-cut stuff, the unedited stuff, so I could hear it just so I know what I'm getting into. We haven't I'm recorded it in. yet. We haven't recorded it yet. So we don't record. We yeah, Mondays usually. We did we did yeah. Sunday, I think, last week. But okay, um, yeah. No, it's I I don't care at, at this point. I don't. Everyone's just happy about them being losers, and it's whatever. I I I don't care. And you, if you, you criticize know, them, you're not a real fan, apparently. Uh, I hate that crap. Yep. I hate that crap, dude. Like, and I also it's don't still like my this, team. Uh, it's still my team. You can't well, criticize so like it's the my other team. side. Or you try and be a little more fanboy and what a little more believerish where you're like all right well yeah that game sucked and you have every right to criticize this or that but at the same time it's like can we stop over exaggerating how big of a deal it is it's like you didn't have a quarterback going into the season you made a move for a quarterback that arguably would have been better than if you hadn't done anything. You know, there's like you, you could add Sam Darnold. That would have went awful. Yeah, yeah. It's not Sam Darnold. You know, there's there's been other moves. There, you know, look at the rookie quarterback class. It's not like you get home runs. It's not guaranteed that Mac Jones is a Colt and all of a sudden he looks like the next Andrew Luck or whatever you want to say. Yeah, it's. I think Frank Wright, the GM. You know, everybody is got your team on the right track and I want you to have an outsider's voice uh to to tell you that face to face. Yeah, I get that. I get that a lot, but I I don't I don't know. I don't buy it. I don't. <laughs> I know you're trying. You're trying to be optimistic and stuff and it, like it's, it, and there's a lot of factors that come in it like legit Co- Carson didn't practice all week. But it's like, bro, you missed a wide open fucking DY Hilton last night. Like, come on. Give me that don't, don't give me that shit. You're a pro athlete. You have to make that throw. 10 times out of 10 when he's wide open. No. So, I don't know. People are just I just I don't get the the always positive crowd no matter what happens. Like I I don't understand, you know, why people just this is this is an issue I have with a lot of like uh um I mean fans from every fan base, but you see it with uh you know, living here in Buffalo, I see it a lot. 
There are people who do not give a shit about the Buffalo Bills 365 days of the year. It's something to do on Sundays with friends, and when they're good, that's when they're the loudest and proudest. But those, you know what I mean? Those people like just kind of just fade away when, like, during the drought. Like people who didn't wear Bills gear and are all of a sudden wearing Bills gear. It's like I, I just, you know, and they they they're like, oh, you know, this is my team. We're Bills pride, all that shit. And Colts fans like kind of, I guess, do that in a weird sense of the way too. I just, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what, I don't know what to make of it. But if they, I kind of hope they lose next week, so I feel justified. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, what's the point? What's the point? You're going to get your ass raped by the Bengals, the Bills, or the Kansas because, City Chiefs. Well, because at this point you're too far in and you might as well make it to the playoffs because losing doesn't get you that much closer to anything. No, but it, it's also it's the same like thing. It's like, oh, wow, thing. we made the playoffs and we're out in the first round again. You know, hey, I, it's it's another week to watch your team. It's another week to watch Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. I just want to win. I don't. I don't do sentimental. I don't do that little things. I don't care that Jonathan Taylor broke Edger and James's uh, franchise record for most rushing yards or touchdowns or whatever. I don't care. Just fucking win. I haven't watched the. You know, I haven't even watched the the HBO Max thing in a couple weeks. I just. I just after the Bucks loss, I just don't care. Yeah, I don't care. So I, I don't. I don't remember the quote going that way. Just fucking win. I it. it just win, maybe. I thought was a quote. That's the Matt Johnson quote. That's the Matt Johnson spin on it. So <laughs> I think it's going to end up being more famous. Just, just saying right now. We'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah. All right. Well, I'm glad I know where you stand with that. Uh, if it makes you feel any better, it's not like I'm over here thinking my Bills are going to win the Super Bowl this year. I mean, my my quarterback just threw three interceptions and no touchdowns, and everyone's still like pounding their chest over. Well, we're in the playoffs again. I'm like, yeah, that's where we're gonna start. But I mean, let's let's be honest. I'm just living week to week. I'm yeah. not forecasting nothing. It's you beat the Jets. That means you win the division, which means that you guarantee that you get to host a, a play home playoff game, and that's it. Right. That's all I'm I'm focused on right now as a Bills fan. Um, but there's there's other teams out there that aren't quite as uh, happy as us, and uh, we'll talk about them. At the end of the show. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. Uh, not, I, I said you were happy, and I imply that you were happy. Obviously, you. I'm content. <laughs> I am, content. I'm content. It's whatever. You know, I, it, it's a week-to-week thing. One week, oh, wow, Carson Wentz is great. The next week, yep. it's whatever. So I just I don't care anymore. This team is not four, four or five years into the Ballard regime and uh, still no AFC South championship. Everybody else is moves 10 steps ahead of us, so. I do get that. I do get that. He's it's that pressure. He doesn't make, you know, he doesn't make, he doesn't make moves and keep hearing, um, you know, you keep hearing, Oh, you know, we don't want to just, just slap guys together and just put this team together and use free agency and stuff. And, um, then the Titans go and do stuff like that and they build a really good defense and their offense is too bad. And, you know, the Texans were doing it for a while, and that's how they were winning divisional championships. And, you know, it's just, and Baylor's like, oh, we got to home grow our guys. We're not in the window yet. Stop selling us the bullshit. That's all. Do you do you know Aaron Schatz? Do you know that guy at all? It sounds familiar. He's from Football Outsiders. It's an analytical website and Twitter follow, whatever. Anyways, he said that uh, with the Titans being in the first place and if they hold on which they should they hold on to first place it'll be their worst statistical first place team by numbers that they've ever measured 
And that's not going that far back. This you know, is, yeah, the numbers are... I mean, we've seen a lot of first-round exits or divisional-round exits for first seeds over the last several years. Dallas, back in 2016 when they were hot. Lamar Jackson in Baltimore, but that was a really good year. I, I get that. I, I completely get that. I don't know how they've they've gotten through. It's it's unbelievable um, how they've they've managed to kind of get through. And that's why I, I right now to me Mike Vrabel's number one and the, the coach of the year candidate. Like it's it's a Josh Allen slip. Oh oh, <laughs> that's the difference. Even still though, even <laughs> still the like even if they don't win that game, there's still there's still gonna be a ten, right. There's still a, I think they have ten wins right now. 10 or 11 wins. I forgot what the I forgot where they're at. But um I think that yeah, I got to double check now. But you know what I mean, even take all that away. They're still winning games. They still beat the Rams when they weren't supposed to on paper. They still did it all without Derrick Henry and AJ Brown. And that's what is like blows my mind. They're an 11 win football team right now. They're probably going to finish 12 and 5. Yeah. So um, you take that what you know they take that Bills win that Bills the victory of the Bills away they're still a really good team. It's, they are. It's, it's it's you. This is very reminiscent of the Eagles. They they came together and they like 2017 Eagles we talked about. They came together. They were a force and um, they played together as a team. And listen, they've been throwing band aids on a lot of things. These these backup running backs just trying to get things to work and yeah, they pulled it off somehow. So yeah. good on them. Yeah, Vrabel's my coach of the year can number one candidate. Personally, I don't know who I would pick. You know, I think I would have to pick Prable, but you know, I don't like him as if I find him annoying. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I get that. Uh, uh, Want to play a game? Yeah, let's do a game. Let's do a game. Let's let's get Matt into a, a good mood. This one's easy, always based on something similar every time. And uh, this time is your Matt's going to tell me right now. If the team is going to be better next year or worse next year. Only two choices. They can only be better or worse. That's easy. Yes. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Better. Okay. The Detroit Lions. Better. The Houston Texans. Better. The New York Jets. Worse. The New York Giants. Worse. Yes. Yeah, that's the team that sparked this one. I was like, I want to get Matt's opinion, and he's in the same boat as me. Is I don't know how you go back. I don't know how you go back with the same quarterback and the same coach and run this all again. <laughs> no, you you don't. It's, you don't. Uh, good for them. Uh, the Carolina Panthers. Uh, worse. Yeah. I can see that. Uh, Seattle Seahawks, probably worse. Mm-hmm. Without, I don't, I don't think Russell's I coming agree. back. I mean, they've shown that they've still got some great pieces, Seattle. But without, that's just to help make it easier on you. Russell Wilson's gone. How about that? Yeah, did worse, way worse. Okay. They were bad this year. So right, six and ten. Um, Chicago Bears. Uh, better. They're not looking terrible this last stretch. With Nagy, he's not going to be there, but they're looking better. 
better by subtraction. Yes, probably. <laughs> Washington. I don't know if it can get much worse than it is, but I, I don't foresee them making any big moves. I, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of teams or a lot of players just try to get out of that system. It's embarrassing. I'd say worse. Yeah. That was my favorite clip of the weekend of all the crazy things that happened this weekend. Uh, those the fans, fans falling. And, it, and like, I'm glad no one got hurt. I'm obviously glad that, you know, the Eagles star player does, didn't get hurt. Dude, he was he was a step away from probably a broken leg. Yeah. Yep. And then to, to shake it all off and, and so quick and just, like, be all smiles. And he's hugging these dudes and, like, hugging a uh, selfie. And he's, of course, man, let's do it. <laughs> I was like, good. I love, I love him more and more. As a, as a person, I've, I've warmed up and, to him. I've yeah. I've warmed up to him a lot. Yeah, I I want him to win because it once again he I think he falls into the same narrative as so many other quarterbacks of you hate on him for so little things like it makes like let it go guys. Yeah, stop hating on people for little things. Uh, Atlanta Falcons, worse. Oh God, so much worse. They have a chance of being the number one pick in twenty twenty three, in my opinion. Possibly. Yeah. Uh, Denver Broncos. I don't like anything about them. Probably worse. Aside from that that running back, Javante Williams, I don't like anything about them. And Patrick Sertan. Yeah, yeah, their defense ain't bad. They had a good draft. Their offense is Get, dog Getting shit. Javante Williams and Patrick Sertan was huge this year. So yeah. other than that, yeah, no, terrible. Quarterbacks are terrible. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings. Mm. Things aren't going well there either. Probably new coach coming in. I don't know. Yeah. I must say a little I must say maybe better. Yeah. But I've been saying that for a long time for Minnesota. For the last five years I've had them as like that team and every year they just let me down. So Well, we're believers in Zimmer. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they got good te- they got good players. I just don't get it. Yeah. Uh see the when he was asked about Callan Munn playing, they're yeah. like you want to see Callan Munn? He says, no. And <laughs> then the next reporter is like, why? He's like, I see, I see him, him every, every day. day. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, he's going to go. <sighs> it hasn't been good. That's bad. Just, I've got to love him for his honesty, though. Uh, Cleveland Browns. Shit. Um. Hmm. I'd like to think better with or without Baker. Yeah. Um, I think better. You'll have a rusted, more rusted Baker. All right. We know that when he's not hurt, he's not getting the shit kicked out of him. He's actually a decent player. Um, And I say decent, like he's decent. So, yes. uh, yeah, I, I think better for, for Cleveland. <clears throat> uh, Miami Dolphins. Better. Go. Better. Healthier Tua. Not such a much of a slow start, so new pieces, new focus. Yeah, uh, New Orleans Saints. I think worse. Quite I, I think they're really, really all in on Taysom Hill, and I still don't get it. I still don't get it. I don't. I know they they squeaked out a victory. They you know they beat. The you know they, they squeaked out a victory over Carolina. They beat Tampa Bay a couple weeks ago, but 
bro, you can't. You're not going to win anything that matters if you don't have a quarterback that can push that. Yeah, they need a lot of other pieces too. They need a lot of other pieces too. The Michael Thomas thing doesn't help, but um, the Taysom Hill is not a QB one. Sorry, sorry, no. Baltimore Ravens. Better. Gotta be. They'll be healthier. They'll be better. It's the most snake bitten team this year. Them and uh I just saw it the other day. Somebody had has had fifty eight have started fifty eight different players. Then that's like the most or something like like fifty eight different players has have lined up as a starting per like I have to look it up because that's easy to do. 58 sounds easy to do as I'm saying out loud. Yeah, that's not too shabby. It's probably Cleveland, honestly, when they had that week of everybody being out or Washington had a ton of players out. That'd be one of hmm. those teams. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers? They, I think they're going to have a slump. They're going to have a – I think it's going to be worse before it gets better. Las Vegas Raiders. Better, and I hope they keep their interim head coach, too. I'm very, I'm, yeah, I'm stoked for him. He's he's another guy who could easily get a coach of the year candidate, and he's not even a head coach. Like, he's Mm -hmm. not even an official head coach. Uh, Obviously, we're going to see the uh, head coach carousel start up pretty soon here uh, as far as players or coaches out, coaches in, blah, 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 and rumors. One name that I'll keep um, uh, focus on for a while is Joe Brady as an offensive coordinator and where he can end up. And I want Derek Carr to have a fun, enjoyable coordinator, you know, because the way I look at Cruden is just overbearing in, 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 the, in the influence of his system. You know what I mean? It's just It's way complicated for no reason. Yeah. No reason at all. Give Derek Carr and all those guys um, over there in Las Vegas a chance to actually have some fun. I think Kellen Moore would be fun over there. He might be looking for head coach stuff. Oh, oh, yeah, that's true. He is. He definitely is. Joe Brady as an OC, I think, is a good idea. Strictly as an OC is a good idea. Yeah. But if they don't decide to keep this uh, this interim coach, Rick, uh, I forgot what his name is. But, uh, yeah, Kellen Moore, there's a lot of vacancies that I really want to see Kellen Moore go to. Yep. Uh let's go through the wild card ones pretty easy here. Uh Philadelphia. Better. Yep. Uh Chargers. Better. Colts. You gotta admit that you guys have been banged up too. Not really. This back oh, your the... your offensive line this back half of the year, they've been the healthiest that they have. They, they've been in a long time, so I don't know. I'm gonna. Can I say even? I can I say even. I'm gonna be. Can a, I answer for you? If you want to. Better. I'm not paying you more, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> You're not getting two posters for Christmas, buddy. All uh, right, you don't have to suck up to me. I thought I was when you sent me the first one. I was like, cool, I just got two for one. <laughs> uh, the 49ers is another interesting team. Yeah, that's a tough call. 
Trey Lance played pretty well yesterday. He did. Yeah, Jimmy G's gone. Um, I think that that game kind of. I know it was against uh, Texans, but um, I think better than another team we can use a little bit of help in the health department. So yep. they've had like they're on like their fifth string practice squad running back. I think uh, they had other guys definitely intended. So mm-hmm. yep, New England, New England. Oh, better. Yep. Way better. Everyone's just got to get used to the fact that as long as the hoodie is there, they're going to be good. Yeah. They, I mean, they punched their ticket to the, play, the playoffs yesterday, beating up Jacksonville the way they did. So, yeah. Good on them. Good on that. Good on Mac. Good for Mac Jones. You know, Patriots didn't really, I don't, right? They didn't trade up, right? To get Mac, or did they? I think they just sat there. Right. They didn't get jumpy. They let it come, like, Literally, they let Mac Jones come to them. Out of all those guys that could have been, you know, Bill Belichick stayed calm, cool, and collected the way he did, got Mac Jones, and and I think Mac Jones is a pretty solid quarterback, despite what a lot of people may say. Yeah. Arizona. Uh, better, maybe. They have second-half half health issues all the time. Yeah. So I don't I don't know. Um Yeah. I, yeah, maybe we'll say better. They can easily be better, easily be worse all at the same time. Correct. Yeah. The Buffalo Bills. They'll be better. Okay. Cool. We were eleven and uh, I almost said eleven and six. We're ten and six right now, so you know. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. How about this for a story? I love this team story. Honestly, if the Colts don't get in, I, there's a there's a part of me that really wants to see Cincy kind of pull it off. Um, yeah, I think they're gonna be better too. Jo- Joe Burrow. Who would have thunk? Who who would have thunk? A lot of people didn't think. Is that you raising your hand? Me, me, I thunk. <laughs> A lot so, of people, a lot of people doubted him, right? They said, "Oh, yeah. he's whatever LSU miracle season," and then he goes, he, he beats on the Ravens, and people still call it a fluke, right? People were still calling it a fluke. They beat up a a banged up Ravens defense, and then he goes toe to toe with the juggernaut Patrick Mahomes, being down at least one at one point, two touchdowns, and yeah, and just chucking the ball up, finding Jamar Chase. You know, it's that team is unbelievable right now. I even Andy Dalton, who I adore at his best, was never that good. Never that good. Cincy's got a real one, and they they have a very very strong squad. Cincy is what I thought Cleveland was going to be this year mm-hmm. by a long shot. Well, I agree. Um, the thing and the thing I keep thinking about when I like to. You know, toot toot my own horn over here about Joe Burrow is I called it back in 2019 before he even had the miracle season. Right. I, w- I was scouting, scouting, quote unquote, for Buffalo Bills wide receivers, and I knew that LSU had strong wide receivers. So I was tuning in to watch them. And I, my tweet literally says, I'm tuning in to LSU, got to get my eyes on these wide receivers. I'm going to say this right now. I think LSU has a quarterback, which if you watch college football, that's a big deal. Like they don't normally have a good quarterback, right? And they have one this year, so you know they, uh, Joe Burrow uh, and all his swagger. 
you know, what are they calling them now? J- Joey Jackpot? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, dude was smoking a cigar again in the locker room yesterday. I was yeah. like, this dude is everything. I hope yeah. to. I aspire to be. Oh, uh, he's such a mood. Yeah. Uh, Dallas Cowboys. But oh, depend. It dep- I think it all. A lot of it depends on how Kellen Moore goes. But um, I, I think ultimately, better or the same. I think they'll be fine. I think they're fine. Yeah. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I will say that Tom Brady is not on the team. I Take think, that how I you think, will. I think even with or without him, I think it's going to be worse. Look how this. I mean, look how this team's falling apart. Like at the seams a little bit. I mean, they're still winning games, no doubt. But um, I don't. I mean, is Tampa really going to want to give him an extra contract next year too? That's that's a big question. I'm going to say worse. I think it's just it's starting to catch up to him. Um, they've skated away with a few games. They've gotten lucky in a few games this year. And uh, their record should be much, much worse. Still winning the NFC South, but their their record should be a few games short uh, of in the win column. Uh, Kansas City, it'll be fine. Yeah, better probably. Better, yeah, yeah, probably. Uh, Rams, it'll be better. It'll be better. You saying better? I'll say worse. You think worse? I think they've shown some things down the stretch here of. I don't think Matt Stafford's gonna keep gonna get to keep playing as long as Matt Stafford wants to. You think is it his run's gonna be a little bit shorter? He's taken some huge hits, man, and he he's put, thrown some ugly balls as of late. So I don't know what it is exactly. They him. did narrowly win against the Ravens, so that's fair. Um, that's crazy. Um. His twenty seventh pick six. Twenty seventh. Like in his career? Mm-hmm. That's not bad. Oh, that I takes you that's that's pretty bad. He came in at what, oh nine? Yeah, it's that's a lot. Um yeah. You know what I'll agree with you. I could say I can I can you swayed me. Worse. And then <laughs> that was totally my purpose there. Uh Tennessee. They'll be fine. You're gonna have to pay Derrick Henry. Right, so I think he's on a. I think he's on a franchise tag again. I think. I could be mistaken. I don't remember. <laughs> Something moved in here. I am I? Am I involved in some sort of spooky activity right now? You might be. I just heard something oh move over there. Yeah. For those that don't know, um, the studio is currently being affected with some sort of paranormal activity. Is it? I think so. Could be. We're going on a ghost hunt on Saturday, so we'll find yeah. out. All right. That was the last. And, oh, we got and one more? Green Bay. It's and Green, Green Bay. Bay, yeah. Um, could be worse, actually. If... Without Rodgers, of course. Of course. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. All right, well, yeah, I wanted to make sure we got one last game in this year. We'll probably won't do it next year. And as far as loser clubs go, I don't know how you feel, Matt, but we can probably just mention the names at the end of the episode. Yeah, we can run through them quickly. Uh, we're getting a little better on the film study stuff, so, uh, yeah. Oh, oh, you want to mention right now? You want to mention right now? Yes. Uh, Chicago and and Seattle. Chicago and Seattle. That's, what, that's who we are going to be discussing Yep. Um, 
That's who we'll be discussing this uh, at, at the end of this episode. So let's get into our film study stuff, everybody. So what we have here on the slate, um, we're going to look at Hunter Renfro, who's had a phenomenal season and has been quite the dude. A guy who once just kind of sat around in your fantasy waiver wire, and now he's like legit. Uh, Brian is going to take a look at Rashad Penny. So get some running back love. Uh, and then for defensive plays, I am going to take a look. I keep forgetting this guy's name. It's a Ravens pick six. Chuck Clark for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, getting a pick six there. And uh, and then Brian has a, a Jets interception yep. uh, against the, uh, Tom Brady and the Bucks. So let's hop into this thing. All right, so yeah, I want to take a look at Hunter Renfro. This play uh, was, it pretty much put, I mean, they have a really good kicker in Dan Carlson, but uh, this 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 put Vegas in position uh, to kick their game-winning field goal yesterday, and honestly, it was pretty damn close to being a touchdown. Um, but we're looking at, uh, so the video that we're going to be looking at, it's, uh, it's from Highlight Heaven on YouTube. Hunter Renfro TD callback versus Colts, uh, but it was still a really, really good, uh, really good route, really good catch, and just yeah, it helped to match the game. Um, Fifty-four seconds left remaining in this uh, in the game versus the Colts. Third and ten, we're tied at twenty, and yeah, the Raiders need this thing to keep their playoff hopes alive. If they lose, I'm pretty sure they're out. I'm mostly positive. So uh, let's uh, let's take a watch real quick, and then we'll start to break this thing down. We're down in 10. Carr under pressure. Now he throws, and it's caught by Renfro for a first down. He's still going to the end zone. Touchdown! All right. That's the play. It kind of came through a little choppy. Interesting. Um, Yeah. So, anyways. Yeah, so that's the play. Uh, Hunter Renfro getting a big, big time grab here. They had to do it. Colts had him third and ten, and Renfro made this spectacular grab. They eventually called it back for being a touchdown because runner uh, Renfro did get tripped up by contact. Kenny Moore, who was covering him, uh, tapped him on the foot, <laughs> and that was called a touchdown. It would have been maybe better for the Colts if they just let it go, but um, but they did not. So, um, what we have here, personnel wise. Personnel-wise, scheme-wise, all that good stuff. The Raiders in a shotgun uh, with a bunch formation on the left. Now, I was deb- I was like, wow, what's really the difference between bunch and trips? And I think trips is more so spread out. Uh, that, that's what I've gathered. We're a bunch formation. Uh, I was literally trying to – because we see three wide receivers three wide receivers on the same side all of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, this is, a, this is just a bunch formation. It's almost like a uh, – uh, kind of like a – it's not really like a di- – like a triangle – I guess in a sense, uh, we got our, I think that's Renfro back there in the slot. Um, and now we got it. I think, Zay, yeah, that's Zay Jones right there. And I couldn't even tell you who the heck that is. And then we got our tight end over here, Foster Morrow on the right-hand side. So it is 11 personnel. All right. And a shotgun bunch. And uh, you know how much I love these bunch formations. I can't tell you how much I, I, I do. The Colts. I'm actually I had a little bit of trouble with this one because they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven people on the line right now. 
Um, it looks to be like a nickel, but I think it's like their four three defense just to skies a little bit. The linebackers and, and down linemen are all there. Um, so I was a little confused by this one. I'm guessing it was because of the bunch formation that they line up this way, but it is cover two. All right. Yeah, they have seven linemen, and actually only one, I think one of them drops into coverage. I guess it's not so much a lineman, but they have seven on the line, and one of them backs into coverage. But I think that's actually Kenny Moore right there, uh, their cornerback. So I, I, I'm mostly positive this is a, uh, I think this is a nickel. Um. Uh, yeah, this is one of those just just big time moments. Like I said, third and ten, the Raiders need this to keep their 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 hopes and dreams alive for this game for this season. And uh, and yeah, we'll start to break this thing down. I'll mute the mute the volume a little bit. So, all right, Sabal's so height. All right, he's got three on the left. We already know Derek Carr's looking that way. Um, I think that's Josh Jacobs in the backfield, offering some extra protection. Foster Morrow or whoever that is, number eighty-seven. He's 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 blocking. Yeah, he's he's clearly a blocker. Josh Jacobs runs off to the side. This is actually very very crucial um, for this play. So we have a cornerback here. He's sitting in between. I, I don't know if you can see my arrow uh, if you're watching the video, but in between, he's on the thirty. Excuse me, the 40, 44 yard line. The the Colts forty-four yard line. He's sitting right about there. When Josh Jacobs goes that way and jets out, this commits, this defender pulls up to cover Josh Jacobs, right? Josh Jacobs is number 30, right? I haven't watched too much Josh Jacobs this year. 28 or 30? It might be 30. I think you're No, right. he's 28. I don't know who. Hold on. Number 30. I know it ain't Kenyon Drake because he was tweeting from the, uh, <laughs> he was tweeting during the damn game. Um, let's see here. Oh, it's Richard. Jalen Richard. My apologies. Uh. I so this is the, the most dangerous thing here. Um all right, so yeah, when he starts to jet out a little bit, this pulls this cornerback up. And I know this video is not of the best quality. I'm actually a little mad at myself that I didn't get something a little bit more higher quality. But up here, up at the top of the screen. It, that's where uh, Hunter Renfro is. All right, so let's uh, let's start to watch that breakdown right uh, once again. All right, takes a snap, looking to the left. All right, Richard gives a little block, and then he jets out, and it takes off at this Okereke, and I do not know who the heck that is. I can't see their number. All right. Pulls the defender off. Hunter Renfro has one guy on him, essentially. All Derek Carr has to do is get this thing up. All right? He has to get it up and over this defender, and it's Renfro's guy. It's a very tight window, actually. It make, they make it look tight, but Renfro with a stellar catch. And now this is what I love about Derek Carr, too. Calm, cool, collect. Look at this pocket. Look at this pocket of space. They sent six people after him. All right? They sent, actually, one, two, three, four. Excuse me, it was five. They ended up pulling two. Um, and he, like, I mean, this is a hot mess. All right? Let's 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 take a look back and focus on that for, for our, uh, visual, our visual watchers. All right? All right, decent pocket. One, two, three, four. Yep, they, so they sent five. Look at that pocket. And he evades. Darius Leiter, the maniac, almost had him. Derek Carr sidesteps. Steps up in the pocket, 
well behind the line of scrimmage and throws that thing a dime. It's a it's right on the money to Hunter Renfro. Right on the money to Hunter Renfro. This is why I love Derek Carr so much. This is why I um this is why I love uh, what Derek Carr can do. This is why I wanted him last year in the offseason. I was really hoping the Raiders would kind of look to sh- to trade him. Um, look at the pocket moves, shifts. Biggest play of the game. Biggest play of the yep. year for them to keep this their playoff hopes alive. They're playing Sunday night football next week against the Chargers. Win and get in scenario is where they're at pretty much. Uh, unless the Colts, if the Colts lose, then they're both in. But um, if the Colts beat Jacksonville, it's a win and get in scenario. And he hit, hits him. And yeah, when he got tripped up, it was because Kenny Moore uh, grabbed him by the foot. But if he isn't, like the, even the fact that you know he got up and, and scored this touchdown is absolutely amazing. All right, so that's like this is the the magic of this play. This is you know it, it could be one of the it could end up being you know one of the biggest moments of Derek Carr's career uh, at this point if they do get into the postseason next uh, next weekend. Yeah. Um, after everything that this team has been through this year, after everything that they they've experienced with their head coach, with their players, this is uh, this is beauty. So here we go. There's the snap. Looking to his left, obviously making his reads. All right, he stayed left the whole time, mostly until um, Renfro. And this is kind of the beauty of the setup too. Renfro kind of got over that way. So all these defenders are thinking uh, uh, Richard. Steps up, and yeah, he suckered him in. If this dude's back a little bit further, he's not going. If he doesn't bite on uh, on Richard, then he's not. Cars may probably not making this throw. Mm. Probably not making this throw. He actually got enough, enough height on it where he probably would have. You can lightly see. I really hate that I picked this quality. The video sucks as bad as it does. But um, oh, they do have 1080. Why? That's a little bit better. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, he, he puts it right on the money. And, you know, even if, like I said, even if it's obvious that Kenny Moore texts them, they're in field goal range, they run the clock out, and they put the game away. They put it on yep. ice. And that was, uh, and yeah, and that's what they did. So, Doesn't Derek Carr lead the league in fourth quarter comeback since he's entered the league? He might be he might be up there. They don't win a whole lot, so I don't know if that stat's correct. Um I think Stafford had a had a I think it might have been Stafford for the longest time. Mm. Yeah, he played on a, whole a bad lot. team too. Yeah, you played on a bad team. But they did win some games under him. I, I know, I, but it's you have to be bad in order to be able to come back. Yeah, that's true. I, I think yeah. it was I think it might have been Stafford. I could be mistaken. But yeah. Or maybe it's like specifically like fourth quarter game winning drives or some, you know what I mean? It's not necessarily comebacks because even a comeback could happen start in the third quarter. Yeah, like with the Bills. Technically, like the, technically that's a comeback. Technically speaking, but uh, yeah, God bless Derek Carr yeah, and dude. Hunter Renfro. Yeah, dudes are awesome. Yeah. Dudes are awesome. So that's what I want to look at. You know, for yeah, for again for our audio listeners. It's uh yeah, fifty four seconds left. Biggest play again, just huge drive for them. And uh yeah. Yeah. Really great really great way to pull a defender off. He bit hard. The, yeah. the Colts cornerback, again, I can't tell you who it is. Um he he bit hard and Renfro just 
paid. Like through and Kenny Moore is one of the best slot corners ever. Like in mm-hmm. the, at least in the game today, got in the Pro Bowl because of it, and uh, yeah. just missed time. You know, he mistimed his jump. And just Derek Carr evading everything to make that play happen was was incredible. So, kudos for uh, kudos for Carr on making that one. Um, let's watch it one more time for our video. I guess our audio listeners too. But yeah, let's take a listen one more time. And we'll move on to our next play. We're down in ten. Carr under pressure. Now he throws and it's caught by Renfro for a first down. He's still going to the end zone. Yeah, that's a second window throw too. I just noticed that on that one. Yeah, and you're all about yeah. those second window throws. So, mm-hmm. oh, dude, <laughs> we literally just talked about it last week. So we did. And the other thing that uh, I want to give kudos to on the Renfro on that is uh, the number one quality in all wide receivers when scouting them. If you happen to start getting into that with Losers Club, uh, wide receivers can they get off the line? Hunter Renfro, elite at getting off the line. Yeah. Just saying. No, he's he's got a uh, little explosion. A little explosion, mm-hmm. that's for sure. So, yeah, that's Hunter Renfro. That's Derek Carr. Wanted to give him some love, and uh, they absolutely deserved it for this uh, uh, for a spotlight. I had to do it. I just had to do it. So, um, all right, Brian, we are moving on to Rashad Penny, our uh, running back feature. We haven't had a running back feature in a little while. So this is kind of nice refreshing. Uh, what made you want to pick this play? This is them against the Lions. Score, score still tied at zero. Five minutes, 53 seconds left. And uh, second and two. Uh, well, Seahawks are on the uh, Lions 13-yard line. Yeah, I wanted to show off some quality blocking and show off uh, some new terminology. And this is the difference between zone blocking scheme and a power blocking scheme and uh this play is 100 percent zone as you will get to hear from i think it's charles davis that's on the uh the call after the touchdown here all right so let's uh yeah let's move this screen over let's give it a watch and we'll start to break it down um if you want to watch this video rashad penny highlights from week 17 seattle seahawks it is seven seconds in so um, I think I think this is from the Seahawks official Facebook page too. Anyways, let's uh, let's take a watch. Second down and two at the fifteen. Penny trying to break it back. Penny touchdown Seattle. Fifteen yards. Rashad Penny. Nice zone running play to your right. Charles Harris here. He'll be the only guy who has a chance at this. But like I said, Penny is a big guy. You're not going to tackle him with no arms. you got to put your head in front, put your head across, and get him down. For a penny touch. Is that Cat Williams on commentary? <laughs> <laughs> you think he sounds like Cat Williams? A little bit. Who is that? I don't even know who that is. It's, I think it's Charles Davis. It is. Okay. Yeah. All right. I- I like him. It was good. He had a nice touch. It was a nice touch. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so pretty, really good awareness. Rashad Penny's been such a valuable asset to the Seattle team. I mean, it hasn't really helped in win, in the wins category. Um, but I, I've been really excited because right, everybody thought Chris Carson, that dude for Seattle, right? Yeah. So Russ Wilson last year. What about my running game? 
Well, Rashad Penny, who's you know been kind of floating around for the longest time, right? He's just been kind of there in Seattle, hurt occasionally, uh, but most like a backup kind of fill-in guy, a guy who like again in fantasy terms, somebody who a lot of people are just like, eh, do I really want Rashad Penny this week, or are there better options? Um, and he's really emerged the last couple weeks. He's been a he's been a, a legit threat. So. The belief in Rashad Penny that Pete Carroll gives to him is uh, we all need that in our lives. We all need someone that believes in us like Pete Carroll. Yeah. Believes in Rashad Penny because it's it hasn't been easy. It, has, it didn't come quick to Rashad Penny, and he is finally showing off what made him such an interesting prospect when he was originally drafted in the first round three years ago. Or is it two years ago? Either way. Like this, this is this is a slow burn. Um, I was just talking about this last night. With my wife, uh, Devonte Adams, was on Sunday Night Football, obviously, as everybody knows. And there was a moment where he was talking about uh, the rookie sensation that is Jamar Chase, and then also Justin Jefferson from last year, and how they are rare and unique. Well, there's there's different ways to succeed in the league. There's the immediate superstars like those guys that, for whatever reason, can hit the the ground running and are elite uh, coming out the gate, more or less, in, in many ways. And then there's guys that go the traditional route and maybe even those that have even like a, a way later surge in their career, uh, a la, I don't know, Doug Flutie, a la Kirk, Kurt Warner. You know what I mean? There, there's examples of those, too. But Rashad Penny is the classic just believe in the traits – and eventually everything will come in to play and actually um, be the prospect that you kind of envision. And what Rashad Penny has been since college and what we thought he was going to be in the pros is he's a phenomenal combination of power and slipperiness. He, he's yeah. got he's got that just subtle enough in, in, in between the tackles movements that makes him so tough to deal with especially when you get to the second level because you're bigger than that safety or you're faster than that linebacker or, you know what I mean? And it's, it's, it's a lot to displays a lot to do with blocking. That's why I picked it out. But it, you do get to see after the play succeeds, as far as blocking goes, then you get to see what happens when you have one-on-one matchups and an, uh, uh, maybe a elite uh, running back on, on the rise here. For sure. For sure. Uh, so personnel, let's do personnel real quick. Uh, I do believe that they're running a um, 11 personnel. Uh, I think that's just a, a wide receiver they motion in there. I think that's DK at the very top. Yeah, who's that guy? I don't. That might be. I don't know. Yeah, they got their tight end over here. Yeah. They had an extra tight end on the left-hand side of the offensive line. Um, yeah, I let me... Yeah, it looks like he was motioning. Possibly could have been on the left side, seen the defense. Yeah. Russell, yeah, or, motion. Or or it's 12 personnel, and that's just uh, the backup tight end that I don't even know who it is. Right. No, I think they have a couple. I have a couple. I think they have Everett yeah. and uh, one of Swaim, Swaim, Freddie Swaim, one of those guys. Uh, I'm not entirely certain. So I, I, I couldn't tell you, but they definitely do have um, – it kind of looks like twelve. Mm-hmm. Actually, center, guard, tackle. 
Yeah, that's a tight. That's that's twelve, dude. Yeah. That's well, I was I, I was just trying to tell it by like body type. I'm like, I can't see his nah, number. That's a big. Then, that's a big right there. Yeah. yeah, that's that's. Yeah. So, to counter that, the Lions uh, bring out their four three defense, and they're gonna rock just straight man. And what ends up happening is we get into zone blocking. And what does that mean? That's just a catch-all phrase until you actually talk it out. And zone blocking is zone blocking means you're gonna get guys to hit gaps, and it's up to that running back to find the right gap for that play. And they'll change. They could run this play against this front, against this coverage, a hundred times. And just depending on how each player executes offense and defense, the blocks are gonna look totally different. But the idea is that you're all moving down the line together and you're all trying to create gaps for that running back to pick. Sometimes he could continue downhill with the lineman and he ends up hitting an outside gap. Or in this case, he finds a cutback, which is actually why you run zone schemes so often. Like if you have a guy that's that's slippery like this, that has the, the uh, subtleness of Rashad Penny, you can run this kind of stuff because he can hit that backside hole and he can hit the cutback and he's fast enough and he's big enough to to beat the one-on-ones because not every block on this play is clean. So let, let's play it through and we can start picking them out one by one. All right. Especially when they, after the celebration, Matt, after okay. they show the replay. Sure thing. Yep. Second down and two at the 15. And so right now they're all... They're all engaged, but it's just a hot mess from this side. You can't really tell from this angle exactly who was able to pick up a man full on and who got double teamed and whatnot. So yeah. let's keep let's keep rolling until they show the uh, more of the uh, end zone view. Fifteen yards, Rashad Penny. All right, here we go. All right, uh, keep it right there, man. Perfect. Okay, so let's start from your left to right. And we're looking at uh, tackle, D-end. We're looking at the tackle to uh, a guard and a, a tackle over top of him. And then you have the same thing matching the other side. You have a center and a guard matching over top of another tackle. And then you have the D-end lined up on the outside over top of the tight end. And in a power scheme, you'll have everyone trying to grab a man and they're literally just pushing him up the field and trying to create those little creases. What you'll notice the difference is here is they're going to actually find a few holes. So let's, let's keep it rolling. Charles Harris here. He'd be the only yeah, stop. All right. So 66 out here, they're uh, right guard. He was the the one that, yep. So there was the first shot. Now, Penny already made his decision at this point, but there's a hole between the tight end and the guard out there if everything's blocked right but didn't work on that play. Then you have the next one because you got the two guys down blocking. There's there's three built-in holes, and on each play, each play when you do this over and over again, it's going to come out different. This time, Rashard Penny is able to hit the cutback. Now, here's where it takes a little bit of specialness because 53, the linebacker, is not blocked. 
tight end was not able to down block, and you, you're you going to have another guy step up into the hole. So let's move it for a little bit more. I can see a holding call <laughs> right about here. <laughs> a little blatant right in the middle. He's, the next guy's got a little bit of a uh, jersey tug, too. Yeah. There's holding on every play. I know, I know. We have a chance at this, but like I said, Penny. So that's a man, man. That's a miss. Man, a man. There's going to be another. Keep going. There's one. No There's arms. two. You put your head in front. Put your head across and get him down. So zone blocking means that you're, you've built in options. The idea is that you don't have a one designed hole that you're trying to get your running back to execute. So if it was power blocking, you wouldn't have the guard and the tackle on the left side. You wouldn't have them surrendering. That's more or less what they're doing. They're they're letting those those defenders engage them, and they're gonna ride them just one way because you don't need them, you know, moving upfield. You just need to move them in one direction. If you were running a power scheme, you'd all be blocking downhill, trying to force Push one or straight forward, right? Yeah. So think of Walter Payton back in the day. If you watch Walter Payton back in the day, it's a lot of downhill. You're gonna give him you know, that one sliver of a gap and he's going to hit and burst through. That's not what this game is. Zone zone's all about letting your running back. Who's got good vision, which congratulations Rashad Penny. You're finally there and you have the vision. Trent Richardson runs that ball straight into number 66 is his guard. <laughs> you know what I mean? Bad, bad yeah. vision running backs uh, still exist in the league. And it's, it's, um, you know, subtleness. That's a, this plays a little bit about too. Is there's just a subtle pick up a block here, double man a man here. You know, it, it's nothing. You know, beautiful. I mean, these you got a miss tackle, or I mean, you got a miss block. Uh, you got another guy that's barely got a hold of another guy, and there's no one to free anyone up in the middle of the hole. You know, there's no one blocking downhill. That's the other thing with power is you don't. I don't. You don't have a lead block in this on a zone block like this. You don't have that. Uh, extra second level block downfield from a pulling guard or something like that, or a pulling center. Right. All right. Uh, let's watch this through one more time. And we'll move on to our next set of plays. Second down and two at the 15. Penny trying to break it back. Touchdown, Seattle. never been. 15 yards. What's that? Never been a touchdown. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. Yeah, nice cut. I mean, just really good situational awareness. Awesome. Very well done. Running running the ball is such a fun, eh, it's still a pretty fun art. I like to see, you know, just good awareness like that. I used to love watching Le'Veon Bell play. And... um you know, Bell was Bell was just tremendous. His shiftiness back in his prime, you know, in Pittsburgh, his shiftiness yeah. was was unmatched by anybody. Everybody tried to duplicate that type of shiftiness around the NFL. And uh, you know, to see a play like that, just I mean, you got to be, I mean, eyes in the back of your head, side of your head, uh, to be aware of those kind of holes and take chances too. But definitely the uh, the way that that zone blocking kind of worked out, he he clearly made the right decision. So, yeah. all right. Next up, uh, we're going on to the defensive side of things. We're going to look at a, uh, the pick six from, uh, I remember his name eventually, Chuck Clark on the uh, 
on the uh, against the the Los Angeles Rams. All right, this is a uh, you know the Ra- the Ravens were winning this game for a considerable amount of time, a very surprising amount of time. They they're and this is why, like, I'm I'm terrified of what they could become next year once they kind of clean, you know, all the injuries get cleaned up, all that jazz. Um, you know, they've, they've held on in games, uh, uh, teams far superior them, than them, especially with all the injuries. And uh, they got a, they got a good squad. They got a pretty good squad. But, uh, yeah, so let's uh, take a gander, let you know the time, all that. All right, so this is... Yard completion for the Jaguars. There it is, and there we go. Okay, so two minutes, five seconds remain in the first quarter. Uh, it is tied at zero, third and two, and the Rams are backed up all the way at their own 16-yard line. Not even. It's like 15 and a half. Um, yeah, let's watch the play first, and then we'll start to break it down. Stafford throws an interception. Chuck Clark takes it back for the score. Chuck Clark saw it the entire way, Adam. He had his eyes on So hyped. I love it. Love to see it. Um, for those who want to watch this play, uh, it is in the top place from Week 17 video from NFL on YouTube. Uh, it is, I'm trying to get the time now. Let's see here. One minute, 29 seconds. It's 29, one minute, 29 seconds into the video. And uh, that's what we got. So from a uh, personnel standpoint, the Rams, starting with the Rams offense, shotgun, this is trips left. Uh, that's why it's not bunch, it's trips. They got three wide receivers spread out. Uh, he has a running back off to his side. It is 11 personnel. We have our tight end. Uh, on the left-hand side of the field. So that makes it the strong side of the offensive line. So our tight end on the left-hand side of the field. All right. And actually, is that 11 personnel? I don't believe it is. My oh, Actually, he is a tight end. My apology. He is a tight end. He's not lined up in a traditional blocking spot, but that is a tight end. I believe that's, I think that's Higby. I believe that's Higby. Ah. So I think that's what we're looking at here. And the Ravens are in a uh, cover two. It's like a four. It looks like it's it's very similar to what we just watched with the Colts. Uh, but it, it, it when the play starts to break down, it almost looks, it looks like it's base four, like a 4-3 defense, but disguised. Uh, when they start pulling pieces back and it covers as soon as the play snaps. That disguised coverage that we all love to talk about, we love to figure out. And... You know, guys are, you know, it really throws off a quarterback in the middle of his reason, and we get that effect. Um, we only get that effect here. So, uh, so yeah, let's start to kind of break the, this down, see what happened. All right, Stafford, it, I mean, it's two yards. It should be easy-peasy, no-brainer for, you know, easy thing for the Rams offense to kind of get, but uh, could not get going. So, get the ball snapped. He's looking at his left-hand side immediately. All right, right hand Right side of the field, dude. Just he's just taking a defender off. That's that's all. Um, he thinks he's got the. That might be Van Jefferson in the middle that he's targeting. Number three, or is that Odell? Is Odell in three now? Odell's three. Okay. Actually, he's not even targeting him. He looks like he's t- he's going for Higby. My apologies. And I, there's a very small window here 
where Stafford might have him. Very small window. This is actually really good awareness by Chuck Clark here, who played it back, didn't go too far back, playing maybe two yards off the uh, you know off the first down line, which is uh, you know it was just just so well scouted. What he did basically was look at what St- where Stafford was looking at. All right, we all you know where the the old the old saying where the eyes go the body fall or the head goes the body follows, and, and Stafford's eyes are looking that way. I right, Stafford could pull off no look passes. But uh, he's in, he's not gonna pull. He's not, there's nowhere to no look pass here. Um, he's aiming for his tight end, big body dude who's right there at the first down line. Maybe should have got a little bit deeper into his route before he started to cut back. But Chuck Clark was right there, ready and waiting. And as soon as he's seen, as soon as he's seen Stafford raise his arm up to to throw that thing, Clark knew it was going right where it was going. All right, it's he's. I mean, the the line of vision for our visual listeners. Uh, and even our audio listeners, it is looking right at Higby. Straight on, dead on. Not even looking at, uh, I think that whoever, whoever number three is, I'm pretty sure that's Jefferson. No, not, three is Odell. It is Odell. Okay, my mm-hmm. apologies. Um, not even looking at Odell. Line drive to Higby, and uh, yeah, Odell hasn't even started to come into his route yet. And, yeah, Clark is just ready and waiting to jump it. Cuts right in front of him. And it was... This is probably this is so incredibly well timed. Um, Stafford probably would have got him if he pump faked on this. Um, that's one of my favorite things to, to look at on the defensive side of things when, when they blow it is is to see where they kind of messed up at. Um, and Stafford would have gotten Clark to jump and would have been okay if if he pump faked. Right, but yeah, Clark Clark was all in on this. He knew his he knew his coverage. He knew who he had to cover. And and jumped the route completely and and yeah it made it look very very foolish. Stafford could have went to Odell. Odell wasn't looking back, and that's probably why he hesitated to. Um, but yeah, it, it was just it, well scouted by Chuck Clark. Bad bad read it, reads, I guess, on the part of Stafford. That's kind of what I'm gathering from this. That he didn't like look around too much. He, instantaneously you knew he wasn't looking for the right side of the field. All right, none of the defenders were buying it. And uh yeah, took a chance and and it you know, put the Ravens gave the Ravens a unnecessary lead and he takes it right to the house. Yeah. So um I have questions. I have so many questions. Let's ask. Well, first off, is this a man uh red play by Stafford that ends up being zone, which is what I I think it is, or is it a simple as a somebody ran the wrong route, so the wrong the throw ended up end up having to go to the wrong place because you have three wide receivers on the left that stay all stay on the left. That's very unique, and right they all kind of occupy more or less just the first down, which is also very unique. There's no high low read there. You know, it's it's literally just I'm um, reading low. So yeah, I, I don't. There's nothing. I don't like anything about this offensive play, and I, I do think that it falls on Stafford. I think this is he read the wrong thing. I because yeah, I, Clark because Clark keeps his eyes down. You know, he, he keeps his eyes in the backfield, and and never leaves. You know, the zone. So I think it he thought man and and he got zone and then pick six. 
That's 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 kind of what I'm gathering. I mean, there, yeah, there's yeah. a couple opportunities over here on the you know on the left side here for Odell and uh, who the heck is it? Cooper Cup is Cup eighty one. Uh, Cup's a singled out on the top of the screen. That's, that's him that's, up there. That's, okay, that's that um, SK something or other last name guy. Oh. I picked him up in fantasy for a week and he did nothing for me. So <laughs> I gotcha. I gotcha. Okay. Oh shoot! Raiders got uh look at that. Raiders cornerback got arrested this morning. That continues. Rookie cornerback. Nice. Um, nice. <laughs> sweet Jesus. Anyways, yeah, so that's the play in a nutshell. Let's uh let's watch it one more time. Brilliant, brilliant vision by Chuck Clark. And uh yeah, one more time. Look at the left side the whole time and well scouted and Clark takes it back. Can't win. Uh, they've been lucky. Stafford has thrown a ton of uh, picks the last couple weeks, and uh, the Rams somehow finding ways to win. So that's uh, not not good play in their final stretch. Like I, I don't even see the Rams as a Super Bowl contender right now because of nope. how they've been skirting away wins. But all right, let's move on to our final play uh, to to review. We got the uh, Bucks and Jets. Brian, why'd you pick this play? And what are we looking at? Who doesn't love to watch Tom Brady throw an interception? Yeah, we have covered a lot of those, haven't we, this year? <laughs> no. I think, uh, our, I think this is our third one, honestly. Is it? Yeah, it makes sense. Well, he threw the one was the pick six, right? We, you, I think we've covered three and then a, the fumble last or two weeks ago. Oh, man. Man, we're just hating. But uh, the reason I wanted to single this out is because a lot of people have been talking about that. Look at the Jets' defense. It's pretty good. And most that game, and it was like, yeah, they're stopping Tom Brady, but he's also down Godwin, and he, Mike Evans is coming back from a injury that he's probably not a hundred percent from. And yeah. then AB goes AB, and <laughs> yeah, it wasn't quite at that. And wasn't it at this point? No, he didn't go psycho to he the third quarter. He hasn't gone crazy yet. No, not yet. <laughs> no, I we should not. Maybe I shouldn't phrase it like that. I'll just say he he. He is erratic. He acts erratically, and he becomes a distraction. How about that? That's all factually correct, and no one can be offended by. Who cares if they're offended? I don't. Okay, good. I don't give a shit. <laughs> We're taking a stand here. Yes, we are. Yes, we the, are. Especially because I have seen a bunch of people on Twitter just like straight up say, can we please stop comparing Antonio Brown and the things that he chooses to do and compared to other people that suffer every day and don't do bring any harm to other people and don't bring any sort of negative attention, but are, you know, struggling. So shout out to the ones that struggle day to day and don't bring drama. Seriously. Cause seriously, we're, yeah, we, we I, support those. All right. Hell yeah, man. Everybody. It's tough out there. Life's life's tough. So it let's is. all support each other. And honestly, I want whatever's going on with Antonio Brown. I want him to care about it. That's the first thing that needs to happen. That dude needs to care about how he acts, but I don't think we'll ever get there. Probably not. Probably not. So let's let's enjoy a Tom Brady interception. All right. Make sure the screen's right. And play. Not ball in their control there for that. A second down. Here comes the blitz. It's picked up for Evans. Underthrown and intercepted. Brandon Eccles. All the way back near midfield. His second pick. It is rookie season. 
So he's he's a rookie, right? That's what they just said. That's correct. Yep. And that was his second pick. Yep. Career. What was his, what was his last name? I, so I can commit this to memory. I can't. I can't recall. We'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. <laughs> um, why did I pick this play? And other than Tom Brady throwing an interception, well, the uh, I wanted to show what happens when you put yourself in favorable positions, and at a second and ten, and looking at uh, them trying to drive and score to take the lead on you. You know that Tom Brady will take a chance, and you know that Mike Evans is his favorite deep threat. So I think this is a pretty good job by this cornerback to scout well and prepare himself to not get beat one-on-one and then get a little bit lucky with the fact that I think Mike Evans goofed up, and I he was he was supposed to uh, come up shorter and give Tom Brady the, the opportunity to throw a 50-50 ball, but he's, he's not even close to being on the same page. No. Um, so Tom Brady right now is calling out the Mike linebacker and the Mike linebacker is calling out Tom Brady. You know, you always like to see that like, Hey, yeah, this 50 is the mic. And, and then he yells back. Yeah, it's Tom Brady. No, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, this is, this and they're on their, uh, spread formation, pretty su- traditional spread, uh, 10 personnel. And they're going to run, um, uh, zone coverage on defense, and well, I guess it's no, it is man, but it's it's these linebackers kind of play a zone. So let let's play this through a little bit so we can help try and maybe figure this out. Together. Sure thing. All right, here we go. All in their control role for that. Right. A second down. Here comes the blitz. Anyway, so they end up bringing five. They bring uh, one of the guys up from the secondary. You got yeah. thirty there. Uh, so they bring five. Brady realizes it takes the one on one opportunity. Yeah, I'm trying. I was, it was that linebacker that's right there by the field goal line that screwed me up. I just couldn't figure out what he was because he was sitting in some sort of man, but he didn't seem like he was taking the running back. But he's not taking, he doesn't really, he's not really taking anybody. He's kind of wide yeah. open there. I was like, I think it's definitely some kind of zone coverage. Yeah, forever. Yeah, I think they, I think they uh, played uh, cover one man. I think is what it was. So yeah. he just kept one safety over top and then uh, man-to-man coverage all, all around. And you see what I mean? Play, put, take that bag all of, all of three seconds, man. Got a second down. Here comes the blitz. He drops off. It's gives him lots of space. Never takes his eyes off of – I don't think that cornerback, because we never get to see, but am I, I, I don't think he ever takes his eyes off of Brady, really. After that pass goes up, I mean, I, it's actually really good vision. It shows that he's looking back, which is a good thing, yeah. right? He's looking back. You have to—that's that's a big thing. A lot of guys get busted for pass interference, so they don't look back and try to make plays. Um, he's looking back, which is good awareness. And yeah, he's more prepared for this thing than Mike Evans is. By the time Mike Evans realizes that this ball is up in the air and kind of you know coming his way, uh, it's too late. <laughs> it's too late for him to stop. It—you could definitely tell he's like, ah, oh, damn. <laughs> Evans overshoots this thing probably about two, three yards. Oh, absolutely. For Evans. Yeah. See what I mean? Yeah, he stopped, and he thought he had this thing a dime and just was not to be. Just was not to be. Underthrown and intercepted. Brandon Edwards. And then, obviously, you know, Brandon good Edwards instincts with the guy. ball. In his Brandon head. Edwards. Brandon Edwards. Hardly knew you. All the way back <laughs> near midfield, his second. <laughs> 
Not bad. I mean, it's, it's they kept him in the lead for a little while. Yeah. Um. You know, this is going to the second quarter. That's that's the kind of stuff you want from a rookie. You know, a rookie cornerback. And you know, I think the Jets will be. I know I said they're probably going to be worse next year, but it's it's a good. I like their defense. I, I think their defense isn't too shabby. I agree. All right, let's watch this thing one more time. On a second down, here comes the blitz. It's picked up for Evans, underthrown and intercepted. Brandon Eccles. All the way back near midfield, his second pick. It is rookie. He's going to win another MVP. Like, whatever. Who cares at this point? Yeah, right? (laughs) So there is that, everybody. That is our second defensive play. And that means it is time for our essential, our uh, our very very cool exclusive club of losers. <laughs> Welcome to the Losers Club, everybody. Uh, yeah, so we are moving on to our next two on the uh, on the draft order. The, the dra- well, not necessarily, but just the placement pecking order. So to speak, these two teams do not have a first round pick, so it should be uh, should be exciting in that regard. Uh, we're looking at Chicago and Seattle. Yeah, we didn't wait. We didn't do Chicago already, right? No, I don't think so. Let me. Did we? I don't think we did. Hold on, let me double check. Now, because I, I talk about Chicago so much that I, I feel like <laughs> I'm probably wrong. Um. Maybe you're right. No, we did Washington Atlanta last week. Let's see. Giants and Panthers. Jags and Jets. I think we're okay. I think we're okay. okay. Sorry to scare you. Texans and Lions. Well, I've been doing it by the draft by the draft order. Right. No, we're okay. I think I just said a lot of bad things about Chicago lately, so I got mixed up. <laughs> Well, okay. well, you're in good practice to talk about some more bad things with Chicago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's not all bad because of the two teams that that we're talking about today. Uh, who would you rather be going forward? Well, if I knew for sure I had Russell Wilson, obviously I'd rather be Seattle going forward. Uh, but there's no guarantee you're going to have see um, Russell Wilson. There's just there's still some sort of mistrust there for some reason. Some the relationships are kind of breaking down, and it looks like he's he wants to maybe move on. So that leaves Chicago with the new upcoming Justin Fields and the incumbent coach of Matt Nagy. And did he do enough to show that he can take Justin Fields to the next level? I don't know. I don't think so. What do you think? Uh, no. He yes, it, no. Yeah, I don't know if it's him or if it's Ryan Pace. I mean, they're not playing bad. Ever since they got officially eliminated from the playoffs, like it's been okay. But I, I don't know. They're, they're, this whole team is just a hot mess. It's so hard for me to picture, like, to, to envision what this team is. Right? Matt Nagy's been there since 2018. Okay, two playoff appearances, an NFC North championship, his first year as head coach. I, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. 2018, they won it. They did lose in the in the wild card round, but they, they, they did win the NFC North, which is a first for them in, in considerable amount of time. And you know, an eight and eight season last year, it made things a little interesting in the in the wild card round for the Saints. But um you know, that he's out the door, right? He, everybody's ready for him to be out the door. And, and he maybe you know, maybe he should be. 
maybe and probably he should be. You know, that's, that's the case. But it's just wild that a guy, you know, two playoff appearances in three years, so he's two for one. An NFC North title is, is a guy who people just cannot wait to go, wait to see him go out the door. It's um, I, I don't know if this is so much as, of Nagy as it is Ryan, pa- uh, the general manager, Ryan Pace. And I think I'm the opposite. I think I trust Ryan Pace more than I trust Matt Nagy, and I'm probably wrong. Well, I mean, if it, let's look at it. Let, let's 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 break this down. We got some time. What pieces has aside from you know Justin Fields, all right, and maybe maybe a so, couple other pieces. What moves has Ryan Pace really done to give Matt Nagy a a team that could win? Well, uh... I mean. At least in recent years. You got David Montgomery. That's great. Alan right. Robinson. Alan Robinson don't want to be there. <laughs> Clearly. That's not, and they, they that's not Ryan Pace's fault necessarily. Not necessarily, but he did want to escape. It isn't. It isn't, maybe. <laughs> maybe. But even so, Alan Robinson is, I mean, he was a 1,000-yard receiver last year. He's been hurt this year. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know where to go with that one. Maybe you're right. Maybe not. But. He did do well last year, but I, I just don't see that. I, I don't. I've. It's been a long time since I've seen Allen Robinson as a wide receiver. One, I don't know. Um, you know, Khalil Mack. You know, he's been kind of floundered out, right? He's kind of. Oh, these dudes go to Chicago and they just they just you never hear of them again. They they're not like they don't come off as the superstars that they were before. I, I I don't know what it is, but I just don't feel like Ryan Pace has done enough to put a team. Together, they they could have instead of you know, uh, and I didn't mind Andy Dalton under center this year. I thought he did pretty decent with with what he had to work with, but they went and paid instead of just picking up Mitch Trubisky's fifth year option, holding on to him, a guy who also when playing well, he played well enough to get your team into two two playoff runs. All right, um, you let him go, and I get it. You know, Justin Fields it was eventually going to be his time, but man. If you put a young, hungry rookie quarterback behind Mitch Trubisky, I feel like there's 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 room for success there. All right, I, I really do feel like there's room for success. I, I just I I really think that that Pace as a GM has not made good decisions for the Bears as far as putting getting acquiring talent, getting good talent, good contracts. You know what I mean? There's a lot of people who think it's ludicrous that Andy Dalton got like ten mil this year or whatever he got. It's ludicrous. Yeah, I don't really know who was pounding the door to make sure they got Andy Dalton. I mean, you you saw what sh- Andy Dalton had the best chance last year with the Dallas Cowboys with that roster. You know, those wide receivers and Ezekiel Elliott, and he never made anything out of it. So, yes, that's definitely a, a mark on um, Pace bringing him as the only option besides Justin Fields, and I mean but, they had Nick Foles on our contract too, but they still they they traded for that one. They traded yeah. to pick up that contract from Jacksonville. Yeah, I don't know it, and I guess in a way I also I'm talking junk about Ryan Pace by just saying that I don't like Matt Nagy because that's his hire. You know, he he's the one that wanted Matt Nagy, so it's true. I just I, I don't know. He's made some weird coaching decisions, but I, yeah. I just. I don't think I've ever seen any anything kind of like this before, where it's been so quick to turn on him. And you know, guy had a dude had a, a, a another down year. All right, you're yeah. you're getting a rookie quarterback assimilated to the NFL. 
and he plays a unique style that maybe Matt Nagy isn't accustomed to, you know, in company. But I don't know. I think Matt Nagy will be fine. I think he'll he'll he won't be in Chicago next year. There's no doubt about it. But he'll be a coordinator somewhere. We'll be an offensive coordinator somewhere. I like to oh, think God. so. Oh God, I hope not. <laughs> uh all right. Well, that yeah, that's we got good thoughts on that situation. I, I want to stay. I want to stay in the same talking points as the, with that with um, Seattle. Well, hold on, hold on. Let's let's roll it back. We're not done with Chicago yet. I mean, what do you think that they need, they need to address in the draft? <laughs> well, the biggest issue is just making sure that your development of your quarterback stays on track. So I actually think that the biggest thing they need to do is develop an offensive system and get the players to to support Justin Fields. So I would definitely start that. That's that's the the mindset of Chicago needs to be right now is how are we going to win with Justin Fields and what players in the draft are we going to target to help us get there? And I think the biggest issue right away would have to be offensive line depth. They they need better offensive line overall. Uh, there's good ones on their line. There's not so good ones on their line, but it's not the worst offensive line in the league. It's so-so, you know, like most teams, offensive lines, I think this year have been, they're so-so. Um, but I, I would look at the wide receivers and who can get open quickly. Cause I got a young quarterback who struggles with processing right now. I want guys that can get open as quick as possible and make his job a lot easier. That's what I would do. Yeah, more weapons. Um, but it's it, but it's weapons like okay. I always use Josh Allen as comparison, but it's a good comparison when thinking about an athletic quarterback like Justin Fields. Use the idea that the Bills did, which is we they brought in Cole Beasley, and that's when he had his first biggest jump in production. Right, bringing in Cole Beasley, what is his? best feature just like Ron and Renfro that we talked about earlier in this episode getting open and getting open quickly giving your quarterback those easy outs to stay on track for an offense is so huge especially when they're younger when the processing is harder when there's a lot going on that these young guys are not used to in just a year or two years removed from playing in college football you know, the, the, especially coming from Ohio State, we talked about this in the draft. The lead up to Justin Fields being drafted was how will he be different than other Ohio State quarterbacks, seeing as other Ohio State quarterbacks have struggled to adapt to the speed of the NFL. And the biggest issue with that is you don't have the same advantage and skill position that you do in college football when you're playing for Ohio State or Alabama or LSU, like those are real narratives that actually are something worth talking about. So I think that's big. Justin Fields and this offense and this franchise going forward is all about getting Justin Fields' mental um, development of the game sped up and understanding of how to keep an offensive on track. And they didn't do it this year. I mean, he, he, he would throw up. It's first and 10, and they're, they've had a couple of successful you know, plays on the drive and it's first and 10 and he'll just chuck a deep one out for an easy pick for no reason. Right. For no reason. It's, it's, and it's all about, you know, you got to get him to slow down. You got him to get up to, um, you know, the, the line and actually be able to assess 
but that's a whole different animal. But if you can give him those wide receivers that, that get open quickly, it gives him the easy outs, and you need that. So uh, DeMar Hamlin is the uh, player that I want to talk about. Okay. So. All right, very good. Yeah, after the season gets going, we're going to start doing some film study on uh, – on these uh on these these gentlemen kind of break down what makes them so special and and all that um so yeah chicago uh needs a speedy wide receiver that that i think that's uh, that's an important thing a difference maker somebody who yeah fields can make a quick read to and get the ball off it's not gonna be perfect it's not gonna be pretty but it's a wide receiver is what we're looking at now on seattle's case as we move into seattle all right a team that you know, I, and who knows if it's just media talking points for clicks, but could be losing Russell Wilson this offseason. Where do you go? <laughs> do you sign an Andy Dalton? Do you, you know what I mean? Do you pick up one of these journeyman quarterbacks? Is 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 Ryan Fitzpatrick going to be the Seattle Seahawks quarterback next year? Like what if, you know, if this Russell Wilson stuff is true, and he did allude to it a little bit. I think that about the possibility of this being his last year in Seattle, um, in one of his press conferences earlier last week. But you know, this is again, you know, one of these quarterbacks is going to go in the in the first round of the draft. And well, it doesn't matter. Seattle doesn't have a first round pick, but nope. this is not you know this is not a draft class to make things happen to get a a, a quarterback. Um, well, see, Russ is still under contract, correct? He will be. It's got to be a trade that he's. He, it's going to get him out of there. Yes. Okay. So that's what that. So they could. They still could acquire a first round draft pick, but I, or two, maybe. Well, it would be one for this year. But I don't see them spending one of those draft picks or any. Uh, I wouldn't see them doing it on a quarterback this year. No, definitely not. Let's see. Wilson has two years remaining on a contract that he signed back in 2019. That's from uh, just like 20 days ago or so. Okay. So, so three weeks. So three weeks. So, all right. So, um, yeah, so they got to figure out something at quarterback. All right. They're not going to ride in the next season with Geno Smith. No. If they do trade him away, they're going to look at somebody. And we know that the free agent market at quarterback is not great. It's 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 really not stellar. Um, let's see. So that's that's number one this upcoming mm-hmm. offseason. Yep. Number two's got to be Pete Carroll. Got to go, in my opinion. It well, maybe they sign Cam you, Super Cam. What are you, what are you gaining by continuing to have Pete Carroll like? He's over 70 years old already, yeah. and he's not going to really develop any new ideas, you would think. The league trend is that you're getting younger at head coaches. You know That's the, a trend that you should probably hop on board with because the ones that are doing well, Matt LaFleur, he's 34, 35. Is he, he's like super young, isn't he? I think he's on the younger side, yeah. Yeah. In his thirties, uh, at least, at the very least. You know, Kingsbury, young, McVeigh, young. Like, you know, the the you need to think about the years are gone. Ru- you can tie Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll together and just say that time is done. That we had some great years. We 
rebuilt our brand. We became respectable again. We, you know, we're one of those teams that everyone talked about every year about being, well, you can't count out Seattle as long as you got Russell Wilson and you got Pete Carroll and you got that defense, you know, but that defense is long gone. Right. I mean, you don't have a single piece left from that anymore. Um, you tried it. You tried to rebuild it a little bit by trading for Jamal Adams, even though everyone that had a microphone that wanted to talk about football, especially NFL football, was telling you don't do it. They still did it, and now they're, you know, getting, going through their last year of that with that, not having a first round pick because of it. Um, I, I think this is this is the time to cut ties and just start fresh. And I think it's a good thing. It should be celebrated. You know, it's not what. I was a kid when, when when the Bills cut ties with those guys, the Black Monday or whatever they, you know, when Thurman and Reed and Bruce all got cut on the same day. Like that's a big deal. I get it. Yeah. But it's it's time to move on, and it's not a bad thing. It's not no. sad. It's not a horrible firing, and you know he's not going out being a complete loser. <laughs> no. Oh. Uh, yeah. It it's it's difficult because I mean if you really look at his body of work, what has he done since that Super Bowl appearance? It's, that, that, it's that last early one. wild card knockouts exits right no i mean yeah. there's never been since the patriots bounced them off that off the uh the marshawn the, the no marshawn um play malcolm butler's touchdown i mean not even an nfc championship game appearance so they can't get out of the second round you know what i mean so they they haven't been a top two team in the nfc in, in a considerable amount of time right i don't think they've lost in an nfc championship game carolina bounced them in 15 uh, sixteen. I don't know if they made it. One of the, I think it was yeah, sixteen. They missed, but they still had a winning record. Um, seventeen. I know eighteen. They they. I think Dallas beat them. Um, but yet they haven't made it out of the divisional round. They have not no. won in the divisional round in, in a considerable amount of time, and that's that's saying something. I mean, consistent play. This this is where I go back to as a Colts fan, right? Consistent playoff appearances are cool and all, but if you're not doing anything with them, then something needs to change. No. You know, it's an Andy Reid situation uh, in a sense. This team is, yeah, whatever, you can go to the playoffs all the time, but you're not winning games, and that's not good enough at this point. Uh, I, I don't know what their mentality is. I don't know if they, they hogtied themselves with this, uh, you know, this the, the Russell Wilson contract or, or whatever, but they got to break free. I, I agree a fresh start is in order. Um, no disrespect to Pete Carroll. He's been a fan, you know, a fantastic coach. Um, as long as, you know, as long as he's been in Seattle, but, uh, but I think for the Seahawks, the best interest is probably an an agreement to move on, Yep. which nobody's talking about, by the way, not a single person is, is, is talking about that right now. Right now it's, it's Nagy, uh, is the, is going to go and then replacing Jacksonville and the Raiders head coach. I there's been no talk of of moving on from Pete Carroll, yeah, which is well, which is a surprising talking point. He's probably you know just earned that kind of respect in a lot of ways. Uh, yeah, I mean, but people were caught said Bill Belichick was going to lose his job a year after losing Tom Brady. You know what I mean? To even going into this year, <clears throat> Bill Belichick's going to get cut. Why is Pete Carroll get a free pass? Well, I, I I'll definitely say that Pete Carroll is. N- is definitely more the uh, John Harbaugh kind of mold where he's a, a big players coach. He's all about the camaraderie. 
Uh, and then Belichick is all about just, if you don't listen to me because I know what the hell I'm talking about, you're gone. Right. You're gone because I'm God. <laughs> and I know everything there is. He will, the old cliche of he knows more football or has forgotten more football than I'll ever know is definitely, you know, and he's a historian in the game. So I think that's, you know, Pete Carroll doesn't have that. Um, I'd be curious to see if he, he goes back to college, actually, for the run. It'd be kind of fun. Yeah. If he, if he were to get fired, just go back to college and just, I don't know, coach oh, UMass. Being, like an advisor, to, be, be an advisor or something. Be an advisor is one of these college teams or just something well, like I want that. Him, yeah, I'd want him to go to, like, a really bad school and coach them up and get them to <laughs> almost in the playoffs. There you go. Um I had to correct myself because I don't know why I said it. I said the name, and I didn't want to interrupt you. But uh, Jahan Dotson is the name that I want people to look at for the wide receiver for uh, Chicago. Okay. <laughs> it had to be fixed. I, I said DeMar Hamlin. I'm like, why did I just say DeMar Hamlin? <laughs> you totally could have cut me off. Uh, but what? So what do you think draft-wise? Again, they don't have the first-round pick. They could get some. But what for, for Seattle, what, what, what do you think is their biggest – I mean – Outside they, of quarterback, their biggest need. Well, yeah. They'll, no, they're going to have to punt that for a while. It, immediate impact in the second round, I'd have to say that they're looking at finding someone to pair up with um, Jamal Adams in the back or going the opposite route and just getting a better effective pass rush. Uh, that Their pass rushers have been retreads and depth guys, and they, they need to reset that uh, – Defensive line, right? So I would I would look to do that. I would one of the defense go defensive tackle, defensive end early. You know, you, you still got Bobby Wagner, you still got Jamal Adams, you got guys that are effective and at times borderline all pro Pro Bowl Pro Bowl players, as long as they're healthy and on the field. But other than they need they need um, I like what they got out of their cornerbacks this year. They actually have been respectable lately. Uh, as far as defense goes in the secondary, but and then uh, maybe offense. Since um, you're set at running back, you know Rashad Penny, you bring back Chris Carson again or whoever. I think that's all right. Um, wide receiver, they're set. Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. I mean, you really, it, you're. Oh no, we don't have a legit number three. And guess what? Most teams don't. All right, <laughs> most teams don't. Right. You're you're lucky if you're talking about your third starting wide receiver is a guy that you can always count on. You know, there's just a handful of teams in the league that can say that. Heck, Kansas City doesn't even have, you know, a, a, after true wide receivers, after Tyreek Hill, there's nobody. So, you know, true. I wouldn't I wouldn't put too much. They did draft a guy, Eskridge. Um, he was a, a senior bowl standout as far as that goes uh, last year to play that position. But definitely I, would, I wouldn't uh, expect a defensive heavy draft. Okay. But the other thing is, I, I mean, are they going to get rid of their GM? Maybe. You know, he's been there a while. Forget his name. Pretty popular guy for many years, but he's kind of fallen off as far as his drafts goes. Drafts have have not been complete uh, splashes. You know, a lot a lot of misses there. Tr- anytime you trade away a first round pick for a safety, you're just you look oh, at football Schneider. back. John Schneider. Schneider. Yeah, that's just you're looking at football backwards, and I think that's the chasing the glory thing that I was alluding to. That was. We need to find a guy like we had with Cam Chancellor. Or we had a guy like, you know, it's like you shouldn't look at your game like that. You you should always think about best player available, and you should always think about, you know, how you can 
best utilize the players that you already have and not necessarily constantly chasing a certain mold or a certain position. Right. Yeah. It, yeah, he could probably use a fresh start too at GM. So who knows? Yeah, but a definite if Russ goes, the whole the whole thing needs a reset. He should thing. go to they, they should slip swap you know, um Chicago and uh, Seattle. Just head coaches and GMs just flip flop them. Yeah. I'm sure that worked real everything. good. Yes. <laughs> But uh, but all right, everybody, there it is. Losers Club complete, film room complete, and, of course, our game at the top of the show. We thank you so much for tuning in. Next week, as far as as long as everything goes according to plan, uh, we have a very special guest uh, who's going to eh, show us the ropes a little bit on film study, to help teach us. We're going to pick his brain, talk to him. Uh, former NFL quarterback J.T. O'Sullivan. Uh, played 11 years in the National Football League, bounced around from team to team. He has a YouTube channel, uh, The Quarterback School. Dude's really, really smart. He's actually been a huge studying piece for myself and, and kind of learning this, uh, learning how to do film study. So we're really, really excited that we got to talk to him, uh, that he gets to make time for us, and we're uh, we're really looking forward to it. So uh, that's something to look forward to. But uh, that's it, everybody. Thank you so much. And on behalf of Brian and I, till next time, the Two Point Conversation is good.